This is the podcast where we take our guests through the quirks of their retail habits, from their best ever bargains to the times of being completely ripped off. Welcome to False Economy. Powered by Hot UK Deals, the UK's number one app for deals, discounts and freebies. I'm Dick Slayton, consumer champion, shopaholic and occasional stand-up comedian. And alongside me is my complete opposite. He is the love to my live laugh, the goose to my maverick, the red bull that adds loads of IUT meal deals so it's almost free, Paul Watson. Oh, what? That must be the nicest one yet. That's got to be the nicest so. one. I'm putting all of those actually on my CV. So I'm going to right, put okay. quotation marks, and that's my that is now my CV. I don't like Red Bull, but it's the most expensive thing you can get on a meal deal. So oh, it basically no. covers the whole cost of it. I don't. Does anyone actually like Red Bull? It's sort of I a necessary think evil. It's supposed thing. to. Yeah. The smell reminds me of sad times. Does. <laughs> <laughs> It reminds me of it being mixed with vodka, which now I look back and think, what was I trying to tell my body there with that? (laughs) The most mixed message you can send your brain, isn't it? (laughs) I never encounter Red Bull on a good day. No, no. But you've encountered me on a good day here, so... (laughs) Have I? Well, no. I'm on. It's an average day. I'm totally. I'm totally mediocre today. But that's um, a bit rude. No, no. (laughs) No, I'm saying I am. I'm saying I am, not you. I know, but you're not. Are you not pumped for our exciting telefamous guest? Of course, of course. I'm excited. Your adrenaline's pumping. You're really excited. You don't even need a Red Bull because it's the human equivalent of Red Bull. He's the man who has more facts and figures in his brain than I can even begin to comprehend. He's one of the newest regulars of the Chase, and uh, it's Dara Ennis. Hi. Hello, everyone. How's it going? Yeah, amazing. So first, tell us, right, how do you go from chase to chaser, chasey to chaser? Because that's kind of what happened to you, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, And I almost screwed it up really badly, which was great. Um, So when I was on the show as a contestant, it it went well. And I sort of, I had to tell people that I'd been on because I was so excited, but I wasn't allowed to give them very many details. And then about a week after recording, I got a phone call from someone who was telling me they were a producer on the show. Now, bear in mind, as a contestant, you don't meet the producers. So this is some random person. And I was like, this is my mate. Because this would be classic my mate, that they would get a, a, a woman with an English accent to phone me up and pretend that they want to interview me. Because also, I have a ridiculously like high level of self-confidence. My ego is unshatterable. So, you know, they they would have loved to have punctured it. And I almost hung up. I almost said, you know, oh, I'll get lost. And But yeah, no, it was Helen who's, uh, you know, now my boss. And <laughs> it worked out well. So they just asked me to come in and interview. And then about two years later, I think I was on the show. Yeah, you're basically the urban legend. So when people are going on 15 to 1, they're like, this mm. could be me. Yeah. This has happened for Dara. It could happen to me. Absolutely. One day, you're a quiz contestant. The next, you're singing live on ITV. That was the weirdest thing I've ever done because I am not a singer. <laughs> <laughs> we had a team from The Chase on that show and Jenny did an awful lot of the heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah, it was like, a, it was, yeah, I don't know if you watched it, Paul. I did. I'm an avid viewer of ITV Saturday Night Telly. It was, uh, yeah, singing, like a celebrity sing-off for charity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was a real mix of abilities, I think it's fair <laughs> Well, the, the eventual winners were loose women. But, you know, when I, I mentioned this to Brad, he said, I bloody well hope they should win. Three or four of them were chart-topping singers in their time. Oh, that doesn't seem fair. This is like when they do Strictly yeah. and one of them turns out to have had like an eight-year dance career in their 20s or something. And you're like, it was a very gentle show for charity. It really, like, yeah. I know people who lose always say this, but it mm. really was not about winning. It was about No, it, it wasn't, but I am writing to ITV now, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah. 
because they also had like a tear jerking number as well oh yeah and oh. whereas you were more at beak she did i'm yeah. still standing and i thought you were i i thought you were brilliant i really enjoyed oh, your performance very much. but so. i enjoyed it as well weirdly because i like historically don't have a note in my head when we did singing in school the teacher used to say you know you just stand in the back and sing quietly you've got a really expressive face why don't you just just mime it for us just mime it. Well, that would be fine except in front of a live audience if i just gone mm. it would be memorable people would have talked about it (laughs) and you could have been incredible just really quiet well well, the lads lads from love island were very memorable because they clearly hadn't read the memo or hadn't practiced very much so they had the timings were all wrong and everything it was hilarious they were lovely guys but really they did not put the effort in really doing nothing for the stereotypes of love island unfortunately i I would have been disappointed in them to be honest because like they're 20 if they've been spending the amount of time practicing that I did I would have thought they're wasting their life when you're 20 you don't practice <laughs> go out and have a laugh and you drink lots of Red Bull and make mistakes that's what you do drink loads of Red Bull Red Bull <laughs> is the theme of the show but actually what is the theme of the show uh, here's how it works we have carefully and I'm loath to use the word scientifically in front of you <laughs> Because there's very little science involved. He'll ask us to confirm the studies. Can I I peer research, please, on this? What are your statistics on this? What's the methodology here? Is it quantitative, qualitative, what? Uh, So we've uh, we've made up some categories there, let's be honest, to deep dive into your retail habits. And we'll begin, as we always begin, with Paul. What's the best deal? you've ever got right so this is going to sound weird and very middle-aged because i am a middle-aged dude but the best deal i ever got is a small part of a larger purchase so the house i'm living in now had an inbuilt dishwasher in it and no matter what else the only thing i said was a deal breaker when we were buying a house and i mean this was that it had a dishwasher (laughs) i said you can pick whatever you want i will move anywhere we can have as many bedrooms as you like any of that stuff don't care about it, don't care what street it's on, nothing. It just has to have a bloody dishwasher. You know they're for sale, though. They don't just get built in. <laughs> yeah, can't buy them. This, the really infuriating <laughs> thing was, over the course of our relationship, we never had a dishwasher before last year when we moved in here. So we were in rented places that you couldn't just put a dishwasher in. And the first house that we bought, we would have had to redo the entire kitchen to fit a dishwasher in. So... We just weren't, we didn't have the money. We couldn't do it. So, and we split the things in our house. I don't go near clothes washing because I kill clothes. Um, you know, I, <laughs> the division of labour is becoming clear here. <laughs> I don't absolutely detest washing dishes. So I used to wash the dishes. And oh. it, it drove me mad. So, that was the majority of the time. <laughs> so wait a minute. So. <laughs> Is that wait your a only minute. chore? Hang, hang on. And wait, so in this new arrangement, yeah. <laughs> have you just shed your only chore? No, I, I also do. I also do the cooking, and I do early mornings because my wife is wonderful in many ways. But pre eight a.m. is not her best time, and we've got small children, so that can be pre seven a.m. and even pre six a.m. Whereas mm. I'm one of those really irritating people who bounces out of bed. No problem. Wow. You hear talk What's of morning like? people, but yeah, I never actually thought I'd meet one. <laughs> yeah, I know, I do. I, I'm, I'm really, I, I just wake up like, ding. I'm very, it's very irritating to most people. So yeah, so the dishwasher was key 
absolutely key in every respect. So no matter what happened when we were looking, we said, can a dishwasher be here? And the fact that it was installed already was the clincher for me for buying an entire house. <laughs> yeah, I could go under offer, but I'm not going to because I want to lock that machine in. <laughs> Labour saving devices in general, I'm a huge fan of. I, I don't know what it was, but I had a series of incredibly sort of 1950s style sexist gifts for my wife. So, but she asked for these things. So she asked for a robotic vacuum cleaner for like Christmas one year. So she got a robotic vacuum cleaner. We named it Jono after my uh, housemate when I was in uni who, lovely fella, but wasn't exactly the best at housework. So we now have Jono running around. And then after that, she wanted a bread maker and a sewing machine. So like all things that she genuinely wanted, but yeah. Your pains to... Express genuinely wanted items. <laughs> so the best deal you ever got was there was a dishwasher already installed. <laughs> it's sad and terrible, but true. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, flip it then. Something that felt like a bargain at the time, but you wish you'd spent more on a whole house. Yeah. That's oh a dishwasher. <laughs> that time you built a bought a whole house just to get your dishes clean. <laughs> no. So this is another. This is a very Oxford fact. It's a bike. So when I first moved here, Oxford hates the car. It just does. And the building I work in has a, like six, seven hundred people working in it. It's got about 10 parking spaces, none of which we're allowed to use. So, you know, you have to cycle everywhere. That's just how it is. I like the way you're describing Oxford like it's a sentient being. <laughs> it's expanding. The amount of places you can't go with your car. They're getting rid of car parks, all this kind of stuff. It's becoming more. They're deliberately making it difficult to try and make people cycle. I'm all on board with this. I cycle in and out of work all the time. But when we first got here, we were kind of tight for money. And rather than spend an extra, and it might only have been an extra 40 or 50 quid to buy a proper bike, I bought a really cheap one. Oh. And it was absolute hell. I had it for about 10 months because that, that's as long as it lasted. And it just constantly broke. Like the brakes kept failing, bearings went. A whole, I was in and out of the shop getting it repaired all the time. I never understood how bad a bike could be until this moment because like, no, my I, only experience of bikes is Father Christmas brought me mine. <laughs> I'm, I'm envisaging a penny farthing, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> to the eye, you're going, oh, this is a fine bike. But all of the components were really cheap. That was how it was so cheap. Every, anything that should have been metal was plastic. It was that kind of thing. Bearings went and it'd be grinding. Spokes used to break and come flying out and like <laughs> where did you yeah. get this from <laughs> I know I bought it from a major retailer like I went to bought it in a big cycle shop name names what was it I think Cycle King it was the name of the shop but in fairness to them I went in and said look I am on a budget I want your cheapest bike and he went okay here's your cheapest bike <laughs> he really <laughs> took you at your word it's got wheels I made it out of toilet rolls in the back <laughs> so the, the last day that I cycled that I actually brought it into the university the university have this great system where a guy comes and repairs bikes for people who work in the university it's wonderful so it's called the bike doctor and you bring him in and you just pay for parts and i brought in this absolute <laughs> abomination <laughs> that was making all sorts of weird noises and he he called me up because you drop it off with him and said look you need to come back he says i am not going to repair this it is not i said it's, it's not roadworthy in any way he said maybe the frame can be salvaged but every oh. other part has to be got rid of and it was less than a year after i bought it so he put it he put it down <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm gonna have to come in i'm gonna have to put it down yeah. i'm sorry put it out of its misery do you want to come and hold its wheel while we can take it on its final journey <laughs> he, was so, he was so on message though that when I said, okay, I had to cycle at home and on the way home, one of the pedals shattered. <laughs> what like, is it made of? 
I know, I know. My my foot my foot slipped off the kind of little metal spindle that the thing goes. I bang I bang my chest off the handlebars, and, and this was while going around the roundabout, which was really busy, and ended up like falling down into traffic. He, it was like he predicted the future. Oh so my god! My my desperation to save forty or fifty quid almost cost me my life. Wow. <laughs> And it was just, it was so bad. So I brought it up to the shop, the, not the same shop, just want to point out, I went to a different one. And they both went, why did you buy this thing? And I said, what can I do? Can I get it repaired? He says, no, but I'll give you like a fiver to re- for the frame because we can recycle it and give it to someone. But that's about it. So I ended up, yeah, paying, getting paid a fiver or a tenner off my new bike, which I bought a proper bike and I still have that now. And it Such works. a cautionary tale. Oh my God. Don't buy the cheapest bike. Buy the, it's like wine in a restaurant. Buy the second cheapest. Second cheapest. <laughs> it doesn't seem right that they've got one that is effectively there, like your house wine, to teach people a lesson. I know. <laughs> your social media ads think you are? My social media ads think I'm a mixture between a woman in her 30s and two small children, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so this is, this is the classic thing of only having one Netflix subscription or something where there's multiple <laughs> people. And I, I don't buy an awful lot of stuff for myself. I tend to buy books because I'm a super nerd, but I don't buy a lot of things because I don't buy presents for myself, obviously. Well, why do you say obviously? I buy presents for myself all the time. In the run up to Christmas, I'm like, oh, little treat for me. <laughs> I'm atrocious to buy for. And, and like my wife despairs of this. She goes, you know, what will I buy? And I, I don't want anything. I Like my last birthday, I said, this isn't some sort of mind game trick. I don't want a present. Don't get me anything. <laughs> It feels like a trap. Yeah, I wouldn't fall into that one. (laughs) What I'm picking up is this guy definitely wants a present. That's what I'm hearing. Well, I can't even suggest a present for myself. That's how hard I am to buy presents for because I'm just not into things. You know, I don't like it. But what I do buy presents for is my wife and, you know, buy stuff for the kids. So the internet is very confused. So I get a mixture of, you know... um, Things like perimenopausal dietary supplements or, you know, spa weekends and and things that are very stereotypically for women. And then, you know, random, terrible kids show related paraphernalia like um, Octonauts or Paw Patrol or something that my kids like. It means now that I get an awful lot of suggestions of, you know, duvet and pillow sets and pyjamas and toys for a show that I've watched for about maybe 10 minutes in my entire life mixed in with random stuff for a little girl and random stuff for, you know, a woman and very, very rarely anything that I would ever want or buy, unfortunately. <laughs> they just don't know who you are. No, no. And, and in fairness, I am basically like mugging the algorithm off. You know, I am i don't browse for stuff. I don't window shop. I know a lot of people do that online where they look at stuff and they go, oh, I'd like that. I'd like that. And it gives at least gives the algorithm a fighting chance of figuring out what you'd like. And I also went through a point at one stage of advertising uh, t- towel rails to me for a very long period because I bought one. One. You bought one towel rail. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like it, they went from just standard bra- chromey ones to, you know, heated ones and standalone <laughs> ones and all this kind of stuff. How many towel rails do they think I need? Yeah, but they must have thought, they, I've got him. This is I'm what he's into. Yeah. Got him. what he likes. He likes towel rails. <laughs> that happens to me with toilet seats. It's like, I only, I'm not a collector. <laughs> yeah just one more one more yeah. just one more toilet seat but stop showing them to me i don't want yeah. any more 
<laughs> right. So this, I'm not sure how what answer we'll get from this though. So have mm. you ever had something that you've splashed out on that you didn't need? In my my younger and foolish days, I used to play games a lot. I loved computer games. Like I bought a PlayStation Three when we really, really couldn't afford one. Um, and I did not need one. But the the related fact to this is that really old school and probably before your time. There was a computer game called Rise of the Robots. <laughs> right? And Rise of the Robots was an, an example of a terrible product that succeeded only through advertising. And I fell for it 100%. Absolutely 100%. It was about... I think it was the late 90s or so. And I, I saved up money to buy this because it was really expensive. I think it was like 40 quid. At the time I was working like, yeah. after school and I was getting paid 250 an hour. So it was it was a few days work to get this. And they had this really massive ad campaign, glitzy thing, you know, Rise of the Robots. And they had like screenshots from the game and the, one of the first ones to use, not actual game footage in the advertising, though they didn't oh, have to explain that. Oh, you sneak. Oh, yeah, I used to get done by that so often. Yeah, it was on the side of all the buses, everything. And I was like, I can't wait, I can't wait. And I like, I pre-ordered it and all that stuff, paid for it in advance, went to collect it, rushed home. And it was the absolute worst thing it was like they knew it was a terrible product they had nothing it, it, when the reviews came out afterwards because i bought the first day and i didn't read the reviews it was getting like zero out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah you would have had to go to like buy games master magazine for seven quid to read a yeah. review of it back then. It, was, like, it was so bad it was you really so had no research to go yeah. on when you're making purchases back in yeah, the day you, you, you went on hype and word of mouth so the, the <laughs> idiot who went and bought it on the first day didn't have any word of mouth I, I was the word of mouth and it, it was just so 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 bad so eventually you know after a week or two of trying to I, I was convinced this is going to get better it's going to get better it has, and it just didn't it was awful so I brought it back to sell it and it was so bad that the equivalent of GameStop I don't think it was called that then wouldn't take it like so many copies of it they wouldn't even take it for nothing they they said no, we're not taking any of these. We've had way too many. It's it's a, it's actually just eating up space in the shop. Like your bike, would they have just destroyed it for you? They're like, oh, I can take care of that for you if you like. Yeah, for a couple of quid, we'll right. deal. We'll take it out back and we'll, we'll shoot it. I, I ended I ended up chuck, chucking the actual game away. It was a I think it was a disc, and I took the game away and kept the box to keep other stuff in. The box was more valuable than the game. Wow! Cycle <laughs> like this AOL discs that you used to get through. Like, yeah, I was like, I the internet is on this CD? What? <laughs> Firstly, what is the internet? And secondly, wow. <laughs> if you ever look up the proportion of CDs that were being produced at that time, because they were new, like some yeah. insane number, like 10% or something of all CDs in those times were made were AOL free discs. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like trying to explain to, because this is where you start to realise, oh, no, I'm on the wrong side of this now. I was trying to explain Netflix to somebody, like how it works when I started using it, yeah. where you would get one disc of a box set sent to you, mm -hmm. and then you would post oh. it back, and is then they would film? send another. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> so that's how Netflix started, though. Oh, and they were always scratched. There was literally yeah. always something wrong with the disc. So you'd be like, oh, finally, I've got it. And then you get half an hour in, and it would just not work anymore. But you were like, oh, this is the Future, yeah. Oh, this is yeah. The future. And by, by almost every rule of business, it should have failed. Netflix didn't turn a profit for like the first decade or something. Netflix is older than Google. Yeah, it's mad. It's like probably. Netflix was founded before Google was, and like it's a long, long thing. And it ran at a massive loss. And when they started streaming, it was running a huge, huge loss because almost nobody had internet fast enough to stream anything when it first started streaming. So like. 
they, they all thought blockbuster video and all these would go on forever and that Netflix would die. And it only really started turning profits fairly recently, actually. They lost uh, a fortune. But people could see the potential and they went with it. But the amount of stuff that is now available from, like, when I was younger, like... Oh, well, I'm watching some very historically problematic shows at the moment, like Goodnight Sweetheart has just come onto BritBox. Mm. The man's a bigamist. He's cheating in two different two different times, but in the lifetime. Are you a bigamist if it's before your wife is born, though? <laughs> it was like the 40s and the 90s, though, so they could officially, they could exist in the same time. And the more I've watched it, the more annoyed I'm getting. Well, there's lots of stuff that you, you can't get away with it and things have changed. I have a friend who was teaching uh, students and... He brought out a floppy disk and they wanted to know why he 3D printed a save icon, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and like we have to explain to our children, do you know, the winding down the window motion in a car, what that means. Or just the phone. They're just they're like, what does yeah. this mean? Because like, yeah. this mean doesn't I, exist anymore, this answer. <laughs> I've had someone tell me that they were teaching their kids how to put petrol into a car and the kids were saying, why are you teaching us this? By the time we have a car, it won't happen. Oh God, this is bleak. <laughs> What's the most ridiculous thing a contestant has wanted to spend prize money on? Because sometimes like uh, an ex-boyfriend of mine went on the chase and wanted to get an engagement ring for his then girlfriend and he, yeah. they went home with nothing and I was delighted. I no. watched that more than once. I feel like if your strategy for getting an engagement ring is going on the chase then I feel like you're perhaps <laughs> you're taking a bit too much of a gamble there. Like yeah. it's not like a steady investment, is it? But he was dumb. He was dumb as a box of bricks as well. He got no answers right in that quick far round. Oh, that's that's quite a bit about you as well, uh, like WWE oh, yeah, you're, style wrestler. The other one is my age. I don't tell anyone my age or my date of birth. So I have a fake date of birth, and I this got exacerbated because the guys in the chase saw. Uh, Twitter thing of, you know, TV personalities' birthdays wishing me happy birthday. And they said, oh, happy birthday to our chaser the first time round. So I contacted them and said, it's not my birthday today, by the way, which they have because they have my contract. So now people are taking that as confirmation that the 27th of September is my birthday. So I'm kind of like, I'm like the monarch. I get an extra birthday. <laughs> and nobody ever gets to know. No. And uh, and when people ask me, I go, one of the key things to internet security is you don't give out your date of birth online. You don't give out your address. You don't tell people your mother's maiden name. These are all key things that you shouldn't tell on the internet. Just because okay. I'm on TV means... The other thing they're obsessed with is my height. So I've got a, a varying of from five foot six up to six foot seven, depending on, on which source of how tall yeah. I am. I've seen this. One of the most searched things when you get any celebrity, anyone on TV, is what is their height? I've never understood quite why, but I remember seeing this on Google Trends. It's like people will search like so-and-so, is so-and-so married, all this stuff. And then it's like height. That's always like the next one down. And, I'm like, and net worth, which is also hilarious oh, because nobody great. knows this, right? Oh, so no. that all the articles on net worth are absolute garbage that is coming yeah. from... Complete oh. conjecture, right? I mean, there's a regular one that rolls around about the chasers network. This happens all the time, and Jenny has great fun because her family keep calling her up, saying, "You know, I hear you're worth however many millions. Any yeah. chance of a few quid?" Um, but because I'm new, no one's made up a number yet, so mine is unknown. Um, We've got some clues now. He's got at least two doors. I reckon what they do is they they work out how much someone's won on the chase, and then they times that by 365, and they're like. There's then that worth then I reckon. Yeah. If they're doing that every day, every, every working day. Every working day. 
yeah. <laughs> and like they're just yeah it, it's clearly completely made up i am i can't wait for someone to make up my net worth so i should know what people think i am because people think i'm super loaded as well this is another thing they think you know i'm i'm earning millions and millions each year they don't understand that itv doesn't generate that kind of money um yeah when you google you it's yeah. Dara Ennis, Chase contestant, Dara Ennis, wife, Dara Ennis, net worth, Dara Ennis, height. Dara Ennis, height. Does Dara have a door is what there is as well, I think. Now. Who is the richest chaser? It, there's a Sun article on that. But uh, on, the subje- on the subject of that, I'm going to effortlessly segue back into the show. Yeah, With your millions, what's the worst you've ever been ripped off? Okay, I have a serious problem with hotels in London. Um, and this is a serial problem. This is not just a one-off. And no matter what I do, I end up spending way too much money on a really terrible room whenever I stay in central London. And whoever takes Are you the a po- last-minute booker, though? Is that why? No, it's... I tend to book by location. And so if I'm going to something, I book somewhere that's really close to it. And that's a terrible way to book hotels in London, to be honest. That's a bougie move. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the last time, actually, I think it was for Jenny's birthday, I booked somewhere and it was a converted um, office block. And it was 160 quid for the night, uh, which is, you know, not the most insane amount of money. But when I walked into the room, the room was the exact width of a double bed. So you could just open the door and just throw yourself in. So you walk in and the bathroom is to your right and there's this tiny little narrow corridor and then you go past that and then the the bed touches the wall of the bathroom and goes into an alcove type thing and it's the entire width. Now I'm too I'm too tall to fit on a normal double bed. But so how I'm tall? Yeah, I know. So I had to lie. Di- I had to lie diagonally because there was not. You couldn't put your feet off the end of the bed because there was no end of the bed. It was the entire. That was it. That was how big the room was for like 160 quid. And the continental breakfast was on the bedside table, which was about three or four inches across, and it was a pre-packed croissant. You know, one of these long life croissants, oh, no. and oh, yeah. a, a small box of orange juice with a straw stuck on the side you must have thought you'd gone to paris by mistake right working up with that (laughs) it it was completely ludicrous it was the tiniest tiniest room it it had it had literally been someone's office in an office building (laughs) and they just in a bed your breakfast in bed what can you moaning about here god honestly yeah like that's not the only one like the, the first time i went to london on my own i brought my then girlfriend to like we, I booked tickets for a West End show. It was mad, a mad, mad splurge of money. But I said, you What's know what? Romantic. Let's let's go and see. Let's go and see a show in London. So I booked a hotel, and it was one of these ones that's a converted like Georgian house. So it was like it, it was like a they call it a boutique hotel. <laughs> it, it was not a boutique hotel. So this was this. You walked in, and there was a smell of cat, a very strong smell of cat, um, and. The reception was a box, you know, like a, a a box that they sell football programs out of. One of those that you can stand a person in, in like the, in the hall of this house. That was oh God. And and they gave me they gave me the key anyway, and we went up. And the room was similarly tiny, but it wasn't long and narrow. It was just this tiny square. And the double bed was against the wall on one side. You could just about open the door to get in, and you couldn't close the door in the bathroom because the toilet was in the way. Oh. Incredible scenes. <laughs> well, you had to close over as much as you could because the shower was just on the wall 
above the toilet. <laughs> and when oh you God. turned it on, there was a drain in the corner. So the water, so that you had to stand sort of in front of the toilet to have a shower. I mean, it's efficient. <laughs> it was, it was done. Yeah, so it was essentially, it was a double bedroom that they cu- walled off a corner just to put a toilet and a shower coming out of the wall so that they could call it a room. And all rooms on suite. The website was fantastic. Whoever did it was a genius. And they only had images of one of the rooms, which clearly wasn't the room I was in. And for very good reasons. It was just the absolute pits. And, and, <laughs> and similarly, their continental breakfast was in the hallway beside the little cubicle that was reception was a, a, a table that had like pre-packed muffins and like bottles of water and orange juice. There wasn't a, there wasn't a place to sit down and have breakfast. Oh, God. <laughs> so here was me, here was me trying, to impress, Dara, uh, trying to impress my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> yeah. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was only I was only a kid in Paris. I think I was like nineteen or something. So I really didn't know what I was doing, and I spent what I thought was a vast amount of money, yeah. but clearly clearly wasn't. Oh well, that is a. I thought it was going to be the bike again, but yeah, no, you had more to give. You had more to give. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not a good consumer. I'm a bad consumer. Well, on that note, it mm. is time for the quickfire round. Yes. Now, how this works is you, Dara, up against Paul. I'm mm-hmm. going to give you three items and you have to tell me how much it costs. Ooh. The closest person wins. Now, so, Paul's on a really good run at yeah, the moment. But I'm taking on Dara at a quiz. Uh, this is knowledge. <laughs> I don't this feel confident this here. This All is right. consumer knowledge. Right, let's get into it. Right, let's go. Right. So, what I want to know is how much would you pay for the posh ticket to watch the British Formula One Grand Prix? Now, I'll tell you a bit more about it. It's a three-day ticket with an allocated seat in the grandstand and access to the village enclosure, plus three days parking. <laughs> That's the big perk. Three All days of parking in your car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Your presumably fancy car. So that is three days of racing, three days of Formula One. Hmm. Huh. I don't know. I imagine it sounds like the kind of event that's very overpriced in the first place to me. I, I, would, I, imagine I, I, so. I would imagine it's expensive anyway. But it's how not do for the real people? So how do we do this? Do we like type in an, an amount, or do we just shout? See, out you're already the, bringing yes. more organisation to the quiz than no, no. Usually one of we take it in turns to go first. Usually, okay, okay. Um, and I don't mind if you or I go first. I quite like this though. I quite like this blind guessing. <laughs> so all I say, I I've never met anyone who's gone to an F1 race i don't think I, can't, I have no real way of like it's the kind of thing you know people do but i i can't think who i think but i think expensive that's my only thing and and this sounds very like swanky hobnobbing sort of business people kind of thing to do i level with the cars right <laughs> like, exactly. and that's a good even thing, though cars apparently. don't have ice <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this isn't the, mo- the movie Cars, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, incli- I love I'd be it. more likely to pay for that, to be honest. <laughs> you get dedicated facilities, including, but not limited to, toilets, food and drink. Oh, wow. <laughs> you don't have to queue with the plebs. There's a lot to be said. Hmm. God. Okay, I'll go first then on this one. I think this is going to be really stupidly expensive. I think this is going to be... Six thousand pounds. The crazy thing is, that's exactly the number that I had in my head, even though six thousand isn't an obvious number for this. So, uh, I'm gonna go up. So I'll go seven thousand. 
All right. Well, Dari, you've got the win here. Cause, uh, and the good news is you can take, for the price you think it is, you can take five friends. Oh. Good value, oh. £939. Oh. For three days, £300-ish yeah. a day. Because I, I, like, I know a lot of people who are into Formula One who get like the pleb, the normal tickets, and they're really expensive. It's like, you know, 90 quid a day or 100 quid a day. So for not that much extra money, you can go, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair Give them the good news. Give them the good news. <laughs> okay, on to the next thing. It's been in the news recently but how much is the average cost of childcare in the uk so this is now to to clarify based on the uk average and full time which is measured at 50 hours a week so how much per week based on 50 oh man right okay per week this is fun i like this one i don't know if i like this one (laughs) and so this is for childcare like at all ages because obviously the age of your children is kind of so this is like from zero to 18 but averaged out right if you see what i mean no they've got this thing called school after that so it'll be be before school oh oh so it's not like just having a child not like the cost of having a child it's the cost of childcare. oh nursery fees okay right 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 so effectively yeah your your day nursery i should just go and get the invoice (laughs) (laughs) i reckon this is about 300 quid a week Okay. I'm also, I, I guess also this is like national average, I suppose, right? Because we're in quite a cheap area here compared. Um, Okay, I'll go 250. Okay. Well, Paul, you've stolen the point there. It's £263.81, according to moneyhelper.org.uk. There you go. <laughs> so yeah. it's a point all. This is exciting. Okay. The third and final one for the win. I want to know how much for Nike Air Jordan 5s made of Lego. <laughs> What? What? <laughs> what? That exists? I said what I said. You I said, said what, what I said. So this is a kit, a Lego kit you can buy, is it? Or is it just how much the Lego costs to make them? It's uh, somebody has made it themselves on oh, Etsy. Okay. These are available. They've made this without mm. Nike's partnership. It's, okay. it's very, it's very okay. clear. I've, I've clicked the link. But uh, you can get Adidas ones, actually, for around the same price that are legit, that are proper Lego kits mm. to make Adidas All-Stars, and they're really cool. I bought them for my sneaker-loving friend for his birthday a couple of years ago. God, this could be almost any amount. Lego has got this incredible this thing. This is just a Lego just enthusiast has uh, come up with a formula for this. A Lego enthusiast would probably be cheaper being a serious drug addict. To be honest, that stuff is expensive. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's expensive at the best of times. It's expensive when it's something really underwhelming. 112 reviews for this item on Etsy, and mm. all of them are five stars. So the people wow. that have bought it, they're happy. For the sake of a figure, three hundred pounds. Higher or lower, Darrow? I think lower. I think two hundred. Uh, Darrow for the point. Oh. There we go. Uh, you could pay a cool sixty-four pound forty-two, but they. Are. Absolutely. As far as I'm concerned, I don't know who's reviewed these. They're rubbish. (laughs) Proper rubbish. (laughs) I'd be furious if somebody had spent £64 on these. (laughs) Oh, I kind of want to see them now. Now you've really sold them to me. I really want to know how bad they are. But honestly, Lego just seems like a a license to print money usually. I'm almost a bit surprised. Well, I'm obviously a bit surprised they're that cheap. Oh, God, they are rubbish, though, yeah. Well, there we go. So uh, that's that round. It ended with just a, a sadness of how people have spent their money, hasn't it, really? <laughs> it did. And surprisingly, of course, Dara won. Not for the first time. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> so, Dara, that is sadly the end of the show. 
Oh, that was fun. Which is a shame because I was having a lovely time. Um, but where can where can people see you? What's going on with The Chase? What's going on with you? Yeah, so The Chase is rolling around all the time on ITV. Um, You're not on it enough. My mum likes to tell me all the time. I she know, but there's six of us. We can't all be on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, all of us will be on Beat The Chasers and tickets for the audience for that will go out soon. I think that records in about uh, two months or so. So if people want to come and sit in the audience. It's a nice free day out there. Yeah, it is. It's good fun. You get there's a comedian for warm up. We have a laugh. It's it's an interesting show to watch from the audience, and and the tickets are free. So yeah. And what's the most interesting book you've read recently that's accessible to people like me and Paul? We've I've learned a lot read, today. I want to learn more. Read one called The Secret Life of Snow, which is all about snow and how it forms and um, how ski slopes make artificial snow and all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a popular science book, but it's very accessible and it's really interesting. That's been false economy. I'm 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 having a really lovely time. I could have talked all afternoon uh as always thanks paul for coming along and being my my partner in crime with this uh the rhyme the, the couplets at the top need a bit of work i think i'm not <laughs> sure i'm gonna crowdsource any more from twitter no no it's almost as if you can't trust social media to provide you with <laughs> little nuggets you might actually just have to do some work Vix. you know <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for trying. Thanks to listeners. And if you enjoyed this podcast, listeners, please rate it and review it. And if you didn't enjoy it, you have 30 days to return it for a full refund. Terms and conditions apply. And obviously it's free, so you won't really get anything back and we cannot give you your time. But... I think they'll have enjoyed it, Paul. What do you think? I, more I than think I expect on an average very, Friday very, afternoon. Really. Exactly, right? When can I say that usually? So there you go. 